0: Welcome to the History Tricks, where any resemblance to a boring old history lesson is purely coincidental. Hi, it's Susan, and here's an audio postcard from me from this summer. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about painted ladies. What? It ties into our theme, right? History chicks, ladies... Anyway, all over the country, there are pockets of these stunning homes. Typically, they are painted in more than three colors, and they were built in the mid to late 1800s to the early 1900s. Generally, they're decorated, the, the exterior is decorated with woodwork, which is painted to show off the curly cued trim and other unique architectural details of the house. As for the architectural style, those homes run the gamut from Gothic to Queen Anne and a whole mishmash of styles in between, but often most of us just think of them as a Victorian home. Typically, the style of the home changed as the times did. Victorian gave way to Edwardian in the early 1900s and so on. Sometimes they're called gingerbread houses or gingerbread cottages if they're all one story. Sometimes they're narrow row houses, and sometimes they're large homes that have now been turned into beautiful bed and breakfasts. With their bright, contrasting colors, they are very easy to spot. Now, the term painted lady actually didn't even come into use until the 1970s, and that was thanks to a book about the houses in San Francisco. The book was entitled Painted Ladies, San Francisco's Resplendent Victorians, and it's written by Elizabeth Pomeda and Michael Larson. The pair took a pictorial view of the trend in the 1970s of restoring this vintage-style home. Of course, now, looking back, uh, the 1970s were kind of vintage, too. The colors have changed just as the home styles changed when they were being built with the times. Now, arguably, one of the most beautiful collections of these homes is in San Francisco, and we've all seen, okay, I'll admit it, it maybe just me, no, the beginning of Full House TV show with those Victorians all lined up. Some will argue that the style of the home began there after the gold rush, but really wherever people were building houses about that time, the style can appear. Even back in New England, our friend Lizzie Borden in Fall River, Massachusetts, there's a collection of painted ladies, and there's actually a website we'll link you up to, the Fall River Painted Ladies Uh, Cape May, New Jersey has quite a few, and there's probably a pocket of painted ladies somewhere near you just waiting to be explored. In Pennsylvania, the Morris Arboretum has a miniature railway exhibit that's dotted with small miniature Victorian homes, and we'll link you up to that if you'd like to go if you happen to be by the Morris Arboretum in Pennsylvania. My hometown in Connecticut has quite a few as it was established around the early 1900s. The industry of weaving brought the mill workers to town, and the houses were built for them. It was actually the mechanization of industry that created saws that woodworkers were able to create the detailed embellishments for these homes and make them more affordable. So pretty much at the time, it was build the house up and fancy it up even more. Now this summer, I have been hauling my kids around. It's not very exciting, but it's what I've been doing this summer. My oldest son plays baseball, and he had a tournament just outside of Kansas City. Actually, it's pretty far outside of Kansas City, and it's a town called Plattsburgh. And Plattsburgh was established over 20 years before Kansas City in 1833. Now, during the Civil War, the alliances in this Missouri town were pretty much divided, although a slight majority leaned towards the south. As far as geographic location of this town, it lies about halfway between Kansas City and St. Joseph in northwest Missouri. Okay, I know. You're not from around here and you don't know where St. Joseph is. Well, a certain slim shady Marshall Mathers was born there in St. Joe. Woohoo! Now it's on the map. Plattsburgh is actually a very small town. It's less than 3,000 residents, but with a small historic shopping district, very nice parks, several streets that look like a movie set are really well kept up and some slightly not well kept up painted ladies. Now, there are lots of charming towns in Missouri. Really, don't be a regional snob. There's charming just about everywhere. You just have to open your eyes to it. Sure, there's some towns that are just speed traps here in Missouri and they just some just have a convenience store and a gas station. And they kind of hit hard in some areas. But sometimes you don't need a lot of money to have charm. I was driving my son to one of these baseball tournaments this summer. And the, the area of the country where I lived can be summed up like this. Corn, corn, subdivision, convenience store, soybeans, corn. I don't know what that crop is. Farms, small town, more corn, corn. Yeah, you get the idea. So, imagine driving through a corn phase and being deposited into a main street right out of a movie. For once, I drop below the speed limit of 35 to look at these homes with colorful porches, cottage, and formal gardens. Lots and lots of color. Some houses, like anywhere, are a bit more shabby than others, but I grew up in an older home like this, so I tend to overlook the shabby and look at the potential, what a lot of these houses could be and what a lot of the people in this town had already done to them was really spectacular. Now, here's the best part. I did see a couple for sale signs, so I looked up the houses when I got home. And a large, well-maintained, beautiful, historic, charming home can be had for the low price of under 200000 Okay, you have to live in Plattsburgh, Missouri, but there's a lot to be said about rural living, and a lot of that is good, and a lot of that is true. I'm not going to play up this town as some great tourist site. There is a couple of local museums, some antique stores, and other boutiques, and it's a nice drive in the country. If you find yourself in that town, you can make a detour, and I would totally recommend that. Now, if you're farther west in Kansas City and want a similar small-town feeling, you should go to Weston. But that's a postcard for another day. Wish you were here. Susan.